Welcome to the Rock Hill Dream Center Church, where we have a vision to see communities transformed by the gospel as we love, serve, share, and send. Thank you for joining us. Today we are still doing a, it's, a, it's still a Proverbs day. I'm just telling you right now. I wanted to stay true to me. Y'all are going to get seven solid weeks of the Proverbs. So I gave you one verse today and my friend sent it to me this morning. I said, I'm tagging that on my message so I can say we're still in Proverbs. And it just went right along. It's so beautiful how the Holy Spirit leads because, man, I've wrestled with this scripture and this message um, all through the night. And this is one of my favorite. Today we're going to be speaking through a little bit of the book of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah I just love because the Dream Center Church was actually planted out of the book of Nehemiah. And um, that gave us the desire and the heart. But then we modeled out of the book of Acts where we do life together. And we take everything we have and we share it with one another for the good of his kingdom. So... Um, but a, a friend of mine sent me a verse early this morning. I said, man, I'm using that. Proverbs 25, 28. I'll get my head out of the way. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said too. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. And if you know the story of Nehemiah... They had some broken down walls, didn't they? You know, and I'm not going to jump right into the text, but I would like to take, some, take a moment for us to all just get our minds wrapped around the depth and the width and the gravity of who God is and how big he is. But I don't know. We've seen some pretty hard stories in the news this week. You know, we had some, a murder that just happened this week. You know, it's retired police. And I know, Sandra, you've probably heard more about it than all of us with your circle. But, hey, there's another person dead due to a gunshot, and somebody took their life by pulling the trigger. And so um, you can look at the media, and then you can look at the, 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 the moral decisions that people are making, and you can look at, at just how people are living their lives each and every day. And, and as, as believers... Um, we're, we're falling into these categories where we're saying, man, the walls are down. The enemy's running rampant. And then quite honestly, some days he might be running rampant in my own mind, in my own heart. Or we can take a posture of God always had a plan. From the moment that Adam and Eve took a decision to rebel against the creator of this universe. God always had a plan. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And, and Jesus was there when Adam and Eve rebelled. God was there and the Holy Spirit working three in one. And that plan is working today in my life and in your life. So when you look and you say, man, the walls in my life are down and, 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 and I'm, I'm not making decisions that are lining up with God and I, I have confessed that he is my Lord. I'm, I'm following Jesus. I'm trying my best. But boy, if I don't screw it up each and every day, know that God is good and that any wall that's going to be constructed is going to be constructed because he did it and not you. 
You can't check enough boxes. You can't be good enough. You can't stop trying to fall enough to be able to be good enough to be in God's presence. Jesus is the only way. That representation of his blood and his flesh laid out for me and you is the only way that we can surrender to and be good enough to be able to approach the Father. Amen? So a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. See, Nehemiah... He is a man that, because of the exile, was living in Persia. And he had become the king's cupbearer, King Xerxes' cupbearer. And um, the cupbearer was a, a man who protected royalty by serving them, getting them everything that they needed, making sure that everything was set out just right. He was really close to the king to the point where he'd even taste the king's food and drink sometimes to make sure that it didn't have poison in it before the king took it. I don't know who wants to sign up for that job, but that's the way that um, kings change places sometimes back in the day. They just kill. Son might have the dad killed so he could go into reign, but he was the cupbearer for whatever it is. He served the king. And, and, I, and this, the book of Nehemiah's got 400 messages in it. And I'm going to give you a quick overview of it. And I've got some points I'm going to make. But the cool thing is that the king didn't follow God. He didn't, he didn't have the same God as Nehemiah did. He, he was not of the religion of the Jews, of the Hebrews. He, he saw something in Nehemiah, though. Because Nehemiah's brother had come back and he had given a report to Nehemiah. And he said, boy, the walls are just in destruction of Jerusalem they are messed up now it had been a long time since anybody had been back into Jerusalem because all of the, the Israelites at the promise of God if you don't get right you're going to be sent out to all the corners and all the nations of the world and he said but I'll bring you back together as you come and repent and as you get back in mind and heart with me but Nehemiah's brother came and gave him a report of what Jerusalem looked like And it was bad. And it was so bad that it burdened Nehemiah. And Nehemiah got into this state of depression over the brokenness of the people of God. Kind of like this group of little group of people is. I look at all these faces in here and I see, just because y'all don't see each other at one event, you'd be surprised to know that everyone in here is at some event or another broken over their community or something that they're passionate about that God's gifted them to address. And I love seeing this little body of people because I see what Nehemiah's heart was broken for. He was so broken that the king noticed his depression. He says, hey, why are you hurting so bad? He says, because my homeland lies in destruction. And Nehemiah had fasted and he had prayed and he had asked God to give him favor in the eyes of the king. You know what that king did? He said, what do you need? Come on, I might just start preaching. A man who did not know God as his Lord. 
looks over at a man who truly and 100% believes that God is his Lord, looks at this man and says, what do you need? I'm out there jumping rope in front of a bingo hall yesterday, catching a little flack for it, being accused of gambling even. <laughs> like, I'm just jumping a rope in front of the play. Come on, people. <laughs> but I had people in my circle that loves me and I love them, and they, maybe we might not even agree with each other on some of the things of life. But you know what they look at me and say sometimes? Paul, what do you need? Christians, I'm telling you right now, God will use people that are not following him to fulfill his vision and his mission. How are you treating them? Are you treating them that, like they're the enemy? Are you treating them like they are a creation of the Most High God? Nehemiah was serving a man that was not of God. And he did it in such a way that the man saw pain in him. He said, well, now that you mentioned it, what do I need? He said, well, I need some papers to give me safe passage to Jerusalem. Oh, man, I need some wood. I need some lumber. Can you take your royal forest and can you just let me have what I need? Because, boy, we got, we got walls to rebuild. We got gates to rebuild. I need a house to live in. Can you do that? Yeah, I can do that. I got that. And you can give me all the papers so everywhere i got to walk out, i got to show them that I'm getting clear passage to go. Yeah, I can do that. King says, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll even give you some of my forces to go along with you to protect you in your journey. I'm telling you, when God calls you to do something, he will bring forth people in and around you. And you won't even know how it got there, but he will place things around you that will let you see him work. And that's what I saw yesterday. Everybody like, Paul, how did you bring this together? I said, I don't know. I didn't. I went and played racquetball a few days a week. I told Garrett to make a few phone calls. Garrett don't know how it happened. Palmetto Women's Center got excited, and there's churches all over that property. I don't know how many. There's organizations all over that property. There are people coming and just jumping a rope. Jumping a rope? How dumb can you get? Who's going to consciously pick up a rope and jump it when it's 90 degrees outside? I thought I was the only idiot. Me and Tyler, oh, there were 28 or 30 more of them jumping. Because when God moves, people do weird things. When God moves, a person who doesn't know him will give away everything they got and don't even know why they did it. Because that's what God does. God does things we can't fathom. <laughs> But I'm going to tell you something. When God moves, so does the enemy. It's a chess, it's a chess game. Now here's the cool thing. We know the results of the end of that chess game. And God said checkmate when he sent Jesus Christ to Calvary. Checkmate. Ain't nothing you can do that can take one of my children away from me if they decide to choose me, checkmate, checkmate, checkmate. The Nehemiah goes over to Jerusalem. He just goes and he checks the wall out. He's at nighttime. He's checking it out with a few of his, his wingmen or his posse, as I like to say. And they're checking things out like, yeah, this wall is screwed up. I'm talking about it's destroyed. 
But Nehemiah didn't get discouraged because he knew that God was in it. See, when you know that God is in it, you don't get discouraged when the only singer you got gets bee stung and can't sing on Sunday morning. See, that's what the flesh does. We start trying to create a production, and if it just don't look like what we've designed has happened, boy, but when God is in it, you say, man, look at what he's doing. I told Barbara, I said, I'm so tired. I've done cooked so many hot dogs. I done hung out. I got to go out this evening in the heat and hang out with the men, and I'm whining. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going, oh, my goodness. And God just works with me and sets me over to the side, and I'm telling Garrett even beforehand, I was like, man, I said, I know when I get this tired, I'm liable to say something stupid. Garrett says, break away. Don't say nothing stupid. <laughs> but here's the deal. God's in it. Today, there's supposed to be 80 men from around the town of Rock Hill in the Tri-County from I don't know how many different churches praying for God to make a movement in this community on the things like racial reconciliation where Coach Perry will be speaking this evening on how can we take and love and mentor our children who don't have a chance and got the odds against them. And you'll have churches down there that are hopefully through the Holy Spirit, their hearts will be melted together so that, so that we can see things happen and we can do, go do weird stuff. Maybe it's not jumping a rope. Maybe it's hanging out in the middle of the night and putting a blanket over a man or a woman that's lying there and they can't get no housing because they can't stop putting a needle in their arm. And we don't judge them for the needle in their arm, but we love them because of who created them. Because the walls are torn down. See, Nehemiah went to Jerusalem and then he was taking an assessment of everything that's happened. Then, I want y'all to hear this, See, Nehemiah had then gotten approval of the king. He had then got the wood from his royal forest. He had then got all these soldiers to follow him. And the people that he was going to recruit to do the work didn't even know it yet. Sounds like the Dream Center Church, don't it? People were like, I didn't know anything was going on. I was like, I know. I'm so sorry. But one thing that Nehemiah knows, and one thing that Paul Crosby knows, is that there's hell and destruction out to my door. And there's walls that are halfway built. And there are kids that are being killed. And there are families that are divorcing because they can't get it right. I know that. And you don't have to sit there and convince me of that. I know that. I was a product of that. But I also am a product of the blood of Jesus Christ poured over me, sanctified by the blood, made new. And I am a saint saved by God. And I'm coming to you right now saying, y'all want to build this wall? I can't tell you I know how to do it. But I know we're called to do it. I can't build a worship team. I ain't got a children's ministry. But what I do have is a wife that won't live my side, and the Holy Spirit living inside of me, and I'm willing to charge hell with a water pistol. Because I know where I'll be. And I know my identity is not caught up in whether people think we have a successful church or not. So, all of these different people come together, man. They start building this wall. They say, oh, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. 
we're going to do it. And, we go, and then they start building this wall. And people are working right across from their house building this wall. And, man, there's the sheep gate, the dung gate. There's all kind of gates in this wall. This is a wall around a city of 50,000. 50,000 people of the Israelites had come back to Jerusalem. That's 2% of the Jews. There are 2.5 million Jews in this time. 50,000 of them come back to their homeland. And these 50,000 are working on building a wall of God's giving place and land. And Nehemiah is giving them direction. Oh boy, but here comes the enemy. Old Tobias, Sambalot, these mugs over there start talking smack to them. A fox could climb on that wall and it would fall over. You can't do that. You're going against the king, telling all kind of lies, all kind of stuff going on. You know, you've heard it. Y'all been in church before when the hand of the Lord starts moving. All the mouths and everybody starts. It was going on, I'm telling you right now, but that Nehemiah, he was focused on the Lord. He was doing what God called him to do. He would put the earmuffs over him and he would just continue to give direction to the people. To the point where these people had a trial in one hand and a sword in the other. They were determined that they were going to build this wall. They started fighting amongst themselves because some people were getting rations and some weren't. He took care of that. He told people not to, to forgive them of loans, to be able to give to each other, support each other. Hey, if somebody gets attacked on this part of the wall, guess what they said to do? Anybody want to guess? Blow a horn. Everybody will run to you and help you. Annafrel Street's hurting. Tyler blows a horn. South Confederate Park Ministry hurting. Blow a horn. Dream Center trying to feed the bingo people on Wednesday night. Didn't have enough. We blew a horn. People showed up that didn't show up. People come into my office every day. They ain't got nobody that can blow a horn for them. They're hurting. Fighting a fight by themselves. These people came together and they saw God move. I'm telling you right now, we got gaps. We got, some, we got a half-built wall at the Dream Center Church. And it starts with us. Taking ownership of our church. You call this your church. Let's get involved in it. Ask Garrett how we can help. Is it the children's ministry? Is it the worship team? Is it cutting the grass? Is it scrubbing a toilet? Is it standing at a door and saying, hey, I am so thankful that you're here today. But don't get so caught up on this Sunday morning because we're going to put about 20% of our efforts on it because the other 80% is going to be where you live. But I don't know what to do with my neighbors, Paul. If you have asked Stephanie, she was mad at me yesterday because I left her. I'm sorry, Stephanie. I didn't apologize to her three times. She said, you leave me for church in the morning. I ain't talking to you no more. <laughs> I'm an example that anybody can love their neighbors. I have a seven-second attention span. Miss Sandra said, wow. If I can love my neighbors, I promise you can. Maybe it's good that I got a seven-second attention span because I don't remember every fault that they do to me. 
Maybe we all need to try to be like Dory and stop holding on to the last 10 seconds and look forward into the future. Maybe we see the wall being built when we stop worrying about who done us wrong and start thinking about who's going to do us all right. God did us all right when he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for us. So it just lets me close with some hope. I had a, had a pastor send me a, I sent a pastor down at Harmony Baptist Church a text. I said, you okay? He was jumping yesterday. He was like, yeah, you okay? I was like, yeah. And the last word he said, hey, brother, preach hope this morning. So I went to this scripture. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. He said, preach hope, so here it is. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. Did you hear what our Lord Jesus Christ said? He said, come. Isn't that cool? Isn't that so wonderful that when we can't check the boxes right, we've been checking them right for a month now. Boy, we just got it all going. To, everything's lining up. But then the one time that we miss a couple boxes and life gets confusing, we miss a couple more boxes, the next thing you know, we're flat on our face. Knowing that we have a God that says, come. It never was performance-based anyway, Paul. All you have to do is come. See, the God of this universe that built that wall in 53, 54 days. See, them people didn't build that wall. God built that wall. Those people just chose to believe that God could do something that they couldn't do. What if things do get worse in York County over the next 10 years? You know a light looks brighter when it's contrasted by a darker setting. You know the light that's in you. Some of the best things that can ever happen is that darkness is around you. According to scriptures, it's going to get a lot worse. But according to scriptures, every person that trusts and believes that Jesus is Lord doesn't have to worry about the worst. They worry about and they take peace and understanding knowing that they are free and that God lives inside of them. You're a temple. You're a temple. No matter no matter how much you feel like you're doing or how little you think you're doing, you're still a temple. It didn't change you from being a temple of God if you've trusted Jesus as your Lord. 
Don't ever let me convince you to go out and try to do another work day. But if Jesus tells you this is what you're supposed to do and work on this wall, I would, I would beg you to really make sure that you don't go against God's convictions for you. If God's convicting you to jump a rope, jump a rope. If God's convicting you to help and take care of children, help take care of children. If God's convicting you to come and help us worship, worship. But I tell you one thing that you don't have to feel conviction to do. Everybody hear me and say amen because I don't kind of got a little soft voice. This is not a conviction. This is a commandment. Love him and love others. You don't have to wait on the Holy Spirit to convict you to love him and love others. Every day we live is to love him and to love others. Well, what happens on the days that I don't love others? We ask God to grow us through that moment to become more like him and less like ourselves. And I promise you, if you continue to do that, you'll feel more of him and less of this world. You'll be less distracted by the news. You'll be less distracted by the, the pain and the killing and the torture and the hurt. And you will be all engulfed in the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And that's how you build a wall. The wall got built not because they were focused on the wall. The wall got built because they were focused on the one who gave them the power to build the wall as the enemy tried to attack them. And that is a picture of the church today. And some of our challenges in the church today is it's so easy to see the flesh. It's so easy to get caught up in all of our shortcomings. Ain't it cool to sit up here and say, I can do things wrong and still be used by God? Has anybody in here this week done anything wrong? Four of us. <laughs> Isn't God good? Isn't God good? He is so good. There are people right outside these buildings right here, that this building, that don't know Jesus. You'll ride by houses. They might be million-dollar homes. But if they don't know Jesus, all them homes are going to be going down the rubble. It don't matter where you live, where you work, and where you play. I promise you there's somebody that if Jesus comes back tomorrow, they won't be going with him. And that's our job is to build this wall. Find more people, disciple them, pour into them, and to love them, okay? Okay, let us pray for us, and then let's just go into a time of worship. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. Thank you for loving us first. I pray over every man, woman, and child in this room right now, Lord. God, I pray for unity in the body. I pray for Pastor Eugene, Pastor Chad, Pastor Brian, Pastor Patrick. And all the pastors that you let me be around. I pray for all the different churches over this tri-county, Lord, over the state, this nation, and this world. There are people meeting in rooms and houses and caves 
in the evenings, in the mornings, at night, because they want to grow closer to you. Lord God, would you unite your church? Bring us all back out of exile and draw us back into your purpose. Lord, that we would not live for ourselves, but we would live solely for you. Thank you, God, for loving us so much. Thank you for being with these men this evening as they have a heart to want to bring men together, Lord. Let us as a church host them well. Create an avenue and an experience that they can see and respond to you, Father. Give us strength as a body to continue to serve the Big C Church, Lord. That it's not about us, but it's all about you, Lord. We love you, Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let us worship.